0: Hi, I'm Kerry Grinkmeyer. I'm the host of Best of Us Investors. I'm a retired financial advisor, and I've been doing a YouTube channel since November of 2019. Uh, it's basically my pas my passion. Uh, I'm a creator. I enjoy creating things. YouTube is my vehicle, and investing is my platform. I choose to share my knowledge and learnings over the last decades, number of decades, more than I wish to remember, uh, and make myself relevant and help you to achieve your financial goals. I've titled this video basically for beginners in investing, but it's more a video to explain my strategy that I have evolved over the years that I think will help me become a multimillionaire and possibly you, if you follow it, to become a millionaire. As I took on investing uh, after being retired for a while, as a primary objective as, and as a vehicle, for my YouTube channel, I felt the first thing I needed to do was understand the social economic world that I live in. And in order to do that, I did a lot of searching. And the best one source that I can recommend to you is this book. And it is The Accidental Superpower by Peter Zeon. It will explain to you from the start of civilization until today, how the social economic world works, and it will give you an insight then is to how you should approach investing. That's my number one objective for you. Understand the world that you live in, and the accidental superpower will get you there. The second I'm going to get into after, right after I explain that I'm not your financial advisor, but instead I'm sharing my knowledge and my experience And we'll get right into that after this. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. Okay, once you understand the economic world and how it works, the next thing is you need to understand the market's that you invest in. To do this, I first went and said, well, let's go back to my date of birth, September the 1st, 1944, and take a look at the S&P 500 and see how it grew and if I can get some insights as to how it will continue to grow. And if you look at it on a, short, a long-term basis, if you would look at it, uh, an S&P 500 graph going up from 1944 till today on a yearly basis, it's almost it's a, a line that just climbs like the side of a mountain. If you break it down a little bit further, you'll see there's some dips and there's some valleys in there. And if you then study it a little bit further by putting events and liquidity into it, It makes a lot of sense and it gives it some unique predictability. Let me share with you the chart I've created for myself to predict or give me a better view of what might happen in the stock market in the coming months and years. Let's watch this video. In order to understand the history of the stock market, the first thing I did was to pull up a chart of the S&P 500 uh, starting the day I was born, and that was September the 5th, 1944, and, uh, and then looked at this, you can't see it under here, but this green and red line, which is the movement of the S&P 500. If you look at just that line, you would say, wow, all you got to do is invest in it, and it will grow straight up. And if you uh, ignore it and you don't get hung up on the minutia, that's true. If I had invested $10,000 in on the day I was born, you could have see it would have grown substantially. But that's not how it works. Uh, we get involved in the day-to-day activity, the week-to-week, the month-to-month. This is a monthly chart. So what I did then was say, well, what influenced this? What influenced this market? And basically, the first thing that I found that influenced it was the end of World War II. And as you can see, the, the, the market just kind of ran on a, a steady upturn. But then uh, the next event was the, the we came off the gold standard. And that's important because that gave us the freedom to print, print money. And that's that blue line. And we'll get back to that. Then in my life, the biggest event was the digital revolution, where we were introduced to the Internet. And you can see from uh, when it took place, roughly it started in the the late 80s, and as we moved to 2000, it drove the the S&P 500 to new highs. It it did even more magnificent growth in the... um, in, in the NASDAQ market. And then we threw over exuberance, the dot-com bubble. It came down. But events continued to occur. Uh, in the, in the um, 2009, we had the social media, which gave birth to Facebook. Then we had big data revolution, which gave birth to um, Amazon and, and Google. And then more recently we had the EV revolution, the electric vehicle. And now we're on the verge of a healthcare supply chain, metaverse, and Chinese bubble. So what I want you to understand is you can, you can look back in history and you can say, I now understand why the stock market took these turns. But then also, why did it take the dips? Well, it took the dip because of an over-exuberance of, uh, the involvement in the digital revolution. It took a dip in 2008, the subprime crisis, as a result of bad banking. Um, did that de- decrease the value of money? Yes, from the subprime crisis to its re-, or excuse me, the, um, the dot-com bubble, to, it took eight years for it to recover its value. When the subprime crisis occurred, it took five years to control its value, to recover its value. So you have to know that to be comfortable with whatever is going to happen in the future. Now I want to address this blue line because this is, this is critical for you to understand if you're going to invest in the market. Somebody has to finance this growth. And what we saw was when we didn't have much growth, the U.S. debt, the amount of money that the U.S. overborrowed was $251 billion. And as you can see, all the way up through uh, 20 or 1980, it really didn't grow that much. It started to grow a bit after we came off the gold standard and uh, Nixon in the 70s started printing money to pay for the Vietnam War. So our debt grew there. Then we get into the 90s, and as you can see, from 1945, it was at two, 251 billion. And then in 1990, it was 3.2 trillion. So, and you can see, as it grew, so grew the S&P 500, because the government was providing money to finance the internet revolution. These companies needed money. Now, they got some of it from the retirement of the baby boomers as they started to save money, but they got the bulk of it from government printing money. And as you can see, they continued to print money, uh, and then the S&P 500 got out of touch with the amount of money. What happens when it gets out of touch with the amount of money? It corrects. And you can see the S&P 500 came and lined up more with the amount of money. Well, what happened after the dot-com bubble was we now got the uh, treasury and the Federal Reserve involved in the stock market. And you can see we took the national debt from four trillion in 2000 it took us 200 years to get to uh, four trillion we doubled it we doubled it in eight years to eight trillion and that then was greeted by the subprime crisis well again the government had to step in and we took the sub from the debt from eight trillion to eight trillion 18 trillion, in other words, another trillion dollars a year, to get to 18 or to 2018 in an 18 trillion dollar visit. We kind of then at that point just kind of uh, agreed that well, okay, we're just going to gr- grow it by a trillion dollars a year, and that's what that's what the government did. And as you can see, it took the, the stock market up until we hit 2020. And in 2020, we had the coronavirus, the biggest event in the lifetime in my lifetime, bigger than World War II, bigger than the Vietnam War, bigger than anything. And we took our debt in 2020 from 20 trillion to 28 trillion. That's in one year. We pumped $8 trillion into the market. Well, money's like rain. Except money doesn't evaporate. It has to end up somewhere. And so as we put these relief packages into the hands of anybody and everybody and every business and every bank and every form of entity, it had to end up somewhere. Yeah, it, it went into some people who out, were out of work or, or couldn't work in their, their restaurants or their hotels, and they paid their bills with it, and they paid their mortgage, and they bought food. But it then just kept trickling down until it ended up in somebody's pocket who didn't need it, who didn't need it for a roof over their head or food on the table. So what did they do with it? They invested it, and look what happened to the stock market. As we increased our debt from 20 trillion in 2021 through, uh, our 2020 to 21 trillion, or excuse me, 28 trillion in 2021, the S&P 500 exploded. So that's all good in understanding how we got to where we are, Kerry. But the question you as a beginning investor want to know is what's going to happen next. What's going to take uh, the replace the EV revolution? Well, I believe, as again, as I said, the most important event that has happened in my 77 years was the coronavirus, because it brought the world to its knees. World War I or, and World War II, yeah, affected a part of the world, but it didn't affect everybody. The coronavirus did. We realized our healthcare system was broken, so we are working now at rapid pace with things like genome therapy, protein um, sequencing, genome sequencing, um, artificial intelligence to improve uh, finding of therapies and 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 uh, and and um, the 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 necessity to to cure diseases. Uh, we, we've recognized we have a b- supply chain problem. We basically gave our our manufacturing faci- rights up to China about 20 years ago. And we've learned that that it's broken, that we don't have masks when we need them. We don't have respirators when we need them. We don't have semiconductors when we need them. Then we know the metaverse is coming on. And that's going to present tremendous investing opportunities if we can see who the companies are who are going to facilitate that change. Much as when we had the e-commerce revolution or the internet revolution, the digital revolution, if we had been able to identify Apple and Microsoft, we'd be billionaires today. If in the e-commerce, if we'd been able to identify Amazon, we'd be millionaires today. And in the social media, if we'd been able to identify Facebook, we'd be millionaires today. So who are the companies that are going to facilitate the healthcare revolution. Who's going to su- uh, who's going to facilitate the re- bringing the supply chain back? Who's going to create the metaverse? If we know those things and if the money's there to finance it, we have the proven method to invest in the stock market for the long term. We can't get focused on the minutia of day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month activity. But if we can identify the events, and we have, and if the money's there, and we can watch that and see that, right now it's a little bit at jeopardy. I'm projecting the debt in 2023 will be $35 trillion. If I'm right, and if I pick those right companies, in the healthcare supply chain metaverse, and then the China thing we'll talk about a little bit later, I can become a multimillionaire. It's that simple. If I'll manage my mind, and if I won't focus on the red arrows of the day-to-day minutiae. So that's my take on how I should be investing in 2022, and beyond. As a beginner, that's what I think you should do. Now, there's some other elements to it that I think are just essential, and we'll address those. So what you see there is that I believe the market is driven by events and liquidity. And if you just merely monitor the events in the government's willingness to finance the change and then find the companies that are going to facilitate that change, the market becomes very predictable. Now from there, I think it's essential that you focus on your niche, that area of the market that you have an interest in, that you believe you want to learn more about, that you will be motivated to go find books to read so that you can become the smartest investor in that niche, and thus gain an advantage over everyone else. I have chosen to be the smartest guy in uh, biogenics, in specific genome editing, AI in the medical field, and the metaverse. To do achieve that, I started reading books. The first book I read was Lifespan. This gave me an insight into the future of the medical world and genome sequencing. I then read this book, The Crack in Creation, which gave me more knowledge about CRISPR and genome sequencing. I then read this book, which is the code breaker, which gave me the names of the people who are going to be the major players in the field of genome editing and genome sequencing. So I became the smartest guy in the room. I then created a group of stocks from the knowledge I've derived from these that I wanted to be invested in. And I bought them on a uh, 10-year commitment. So I don't care that I'm down 40-some percent in Editus, who is a genome sequencer or a genome therapy company, who I believe is going to give us a cure for cancer. I don't mind owning CRISPR and being down 25% because I believe they're going to give us a cure for heart disease. So I don't care about these things. I am investing in Amazon when it was selling for $30 a share, and then went to $75, and then went to $7.50. I recognize that the market is, as a whole does not have the long-term view that I do, so I can sustain that. I also watch movies on those subjects. You'll find the movies that I recommend in the description below. I subscribe to Peter Lynch's theory. Peter Lynch was the uh, manager of the Fidelity Magellan Fund when I first got into this industry, and he taught me to know what you own and know why you own it. And if you will do that and be a a focused investor and not a generalist and not be involved in the latest shining objects that somebody throws out at you that maybe you want to get involved in cannabis or... Now, if you want to become the expert in cannabis, that's something else. But don't get involved in the next shining object that is going to take you down a path that you don't understand. My tip number four to you is to invest for the long term. Be willing to hold whatever you buy for five to 10 years, recognizing that you're investing ahead of the momentum stocks. You're investing in those stocks that are going to make you a millionaire because you found them before everybody else. As I showed you in the graph, we had a digital revolution. If in 1998, you had the foresight to buy Apple or Microsoft, you'd be a millionaire today. Now you would have suffered some losses as you gathered your millions, but you had to be have the vision of what the future was going to bring. And that's how I think you, if you really want to be a in, a millionaire investor someday, and you've got time on your side, that's how I feel you should invest. You also then need to ignore the day-to-day minutiae. The movements, the, the swings that are affected by the latest news, by the fact that Uh, Someone isn't backing Joe's uh, $3 trillion package. That is irrelevant if, in fact, you know the investments you have in the next five years will withstand any of this minutia, any of this nonsense, because the stocks you own are going to change the way we in this world live. In order to achieve that, you need to manage your mind. And that is to say, you have, and you've acquired this over the years, an unwanted roommate. That person who says, Oh my gosh, the stocks are going down today. I need to get out. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, if you haven't read and if you haven't become the smartest investor in the room, you don't know what you're doing. But if on the other hand, you have educated yourself, you've taken the time to read the books on the stocks and the industry that you've chosen to invest in, you can ignore the minutia and benefit from your foresight that you recognize that the market is driven by events and liquidity. That's all you have to focus on. And then learn more about the companies that are going to benefit from the events you have chosen to invest in. The fifth thing that I think every investor needs to do is to find a support group. That is to say, find a group of people that share your investment strategies and your investment attitudes and engage with them. Build this network. If you can find a network in your community that every week and Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock or 3.15, you sit down and you discuss what's happened in the last week and what's going to happen in the future week, and then bring you back to your focus that your goal is to become the smartest guy in the room, and then gather their knowledge so that you have a greater spectrum on what is happening you're going to succeed. Now, we have done that within my group, The Best of Us Investors, by forming a tribe. That tribe meets at our Discord. There are 17,000 members. We have about 2,000 that are very active. 17,000 come for free and just take whatever we collectively have for them. The second group of about two thousand people pay ten dollars a month, and we have that meeting. We meet every Friday at three o'clock after the market to discuss where we are on our plans and what we have learned over the past month and our past week, and what we think is going to happen in the future. If that sounds appealing to you, on either level. Uh, the the free level or the paid level, go to bestofusinvestors.com and uh, give me your email address and your uh, name, and I'll send you an invitation to come join our tribe. Again, I want to make you the best possible investor possible. It's only going to happen if I can help you make good investment decisions, and that's a collective effort, if I can help you learn to keep more of what you make by understanding our tax code, and if I can keep you focused on your ultimate goal, and that is to create family wealth for your immediate family and your extended family, because someday you're going to pass away and you're going to pass these multi-million dollars that I have helped you make onto your heirs. You're going to become one of the Carnegies or you're going to become one of the Kennedys who invested properly in their lifetime so that their heirs could benefit from their knowledge and their experience. And again, your goal is to focus on a niche and be understand the investment world that you live in and then understand the niche that you choose to invest in better than anyone else. And then to get a group of like-minded people so you can benefit not only from your knowledge and your experience, but their knowledge and their experience. And that's called our tribe. Okay. Stick with me. I have some additional information for you beginners and your seasoned investors as we're going to approach our new year in the best investment opportunity of a lifetime in 2022. Talk to you again soon.